Welcome, everybody. It is episode 73 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. And we are in the kitchen once again. And our guest is Johnny Zwaki once again. So welcome back, Johnny. Glad to be here again. All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And once again, no new emails. So we will move to the hot take topics since we don't have any more trivia questions. I'm sad. I should reach out to Mary Beth and see if she wants to do that. I do kind of miss learning more things about Alpina. Yeah, I'll see you. I know they went through a little bit of an office transition there, so I, you know, I think they were trying to get that all set up. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Stay tuned. Maybe we'll get some trivia questions in. All right. First hot take topic was is the Oscars were last night, and history was made with Parasite winning Best Picture. And I believe this is the first ever Best Picture winner that's a foreign film. Uh, international film, yeah. Are you a movie guy, Johnny? I'm not. I was actually watching uh, the tail tail end, and then I caught the whole because they had a rerun of the uh, the Michael Vick thirty for thirty. So oh. I, watched, I watched that instead. I saw I hadn't seen that one before. It was really interesting, but no, I'm not not big into the Oscars or any of that stuff. It's no problem. Yeah. Brad and I love movies, mm-hmm. so we won't get crazy about it. But um, anything you got, I'm gonna watch it tonight. Actually, what Parasite? No, the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. <laughs> but it's nice for me to kind of watch it online. You kind of fast forward through whatever yeah. you don't want. I mean, I was watching it off and on last night. I mean, everybody was expecting 1917 to win. So it was kind of a surprise for Parasite to win. I'm just sad I didn't catch that in the movie theater. That's all. Because I definitely think it's one of those movies where you're just like, when you're well, watching. I think it's still here. Oh, is it? Yeah. In Alpina? Yeah. Oh, well, 1917 is Parasite will never come here. But, yeah. But anyway, say most of those movies that were, you know, probably were never even in Alpena, were they? Or, yeah. Well, some yeah, are, some are. Some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once upon a time, Hollywood was. Yeah. Did you ever get to see that? Yeah. Yeah, you went. Was it good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what. I'm behind on movies. I'm. For some reason, when I pulled the plug, when I cut the cord of the cable, I watch less current stuff now because I just use Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. So I just pretty much am always behind now, which I don't like. I'm behind too. So that's yeah. all right. I need to take a personal day and just go to a family video and rent like, or a personal weekend, I should say. Yeah. You should. I think it was last year. You've been here for a year or two years? Two years. Two years exactly. I moved in. Yeah. It's two years ago. It was right before you moved. Uh, when you moved, I um, rented a whole bunch of movies and did that for a weekend. I just laid low and like I remember it was like a handful of them, but they're all current stuff. And I just plowed right through them. Yeah. It was nice. It was nice. <laughs> did you see the Eminem performance? I did. Um, I have mixed feelings. I liked. I loved how they did it. Yes. How they brought him up and all that. Yep. But then the audio went to shit. Yes. And he was having problems with it from the get-go because you yeah. could see that he was kind of fumbling with his earpiece right in the beginning. 
first thing I was, I thought people would have been a little more hype about it, but the Oscars is so reserved. They did give him a standing ovation at the end, which well deserved, but it's a bunch of old white people. Yeah. I just <laughs> know something like that would have happened. I would have been just going losing my mind. Just absolutely losing my mind. Well, my favorite thing was they were showing shots of the crowd while he was up there <clears> and people were getting hype and all this. And then they showed Martin Scorsese. He's like, what the hell, Martin what the hell is going on here? did not know who Eminem was. <laughs> he was lost. It was amazing. All right, we'll move on. Our second topic is Tom Brady and Philip Rivers both become free agents. So I think Tom Brady's staying where he's at. Think he's going to be signed with the Patriots? Yes. Johnny? I don't know if he is. I really don't. You know, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, because, you know, if it does happen, he does go somewhere else. You know, how, how weird of a feeling, how different is it going to look to see him in a different uniform? Mm-hmm. Um, but – um, I, I actually think just, um, you know, based on some of his situation after, after the season, cause he, he has some property in LA. Mm-hmm. There's, I think there's a possibility that he could end up going to the chargers. Okay. I, I thought that, I thought that was one of the possibilities. Now they're now Oakland's floating around, obviously, you know, it would make the most sense for him to go back to new England, but if he doesn't, I, I think the chart, cause they're going into that new stadium. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, they're going to need to, you know, uh, sell tickets, and I think the Chargers they they got a well, they got a top ten pick again this year. But their team, I don't think their team's that far off of making making a decent run. Their their problem this year was injuries. Yeah, they had so, so many of their um, young defensive players were injured this year. Well, they said that the Lions and the Chargers are two teams poised that have really good draft picks, and depending on how they use those draft picks, and if everyone comes back healthy, really could. Kind of do what um what San Francisco did. San Francisco did. I, I believe I believe one of those, but it's not <laughs> it's not the Lions. It's not it's not the Lions. I I think the Chargers are in, are in a good spot depending depending on what they do at the quarterback situation because I mean they get they got good weapons on offense. You know, uh, Eckler's a free agent, but they got uh, Gordon, Keenan Allen, uh, Hunter Henry. If they end up bringing him back, you know, there's some there's some weapons there on offense, and like I said, their their defense. Uh, they got one of the Bosa's. Um, they got a, they got a young talented defense if they get you know i think it would be a good situation for brady to go into if he ended up going there and the same with tennessee is the other one we heard about mm-hmm. for a short period of time i like tennessee because the head coach is a new england guy mm-hmm. so yep. at least you know i think in that situation tom would come in and say this is what i want to do and he mm-hmm. would say okay you can do whatever the hell you want essentially mm-hmm. i think he's two-year contract in new england so they can draft the quarterback Going under Tom Brady, Tom retires. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with that. I'm just saying, I'm just hypothesizing. I'm it's going to happen. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> Me and Bill are on, we're right. on speaking terms. All right, <laughs> that's fair. So much for the let's pretend. Okay. <laughs> what about Philip Rivers then? I heard talk about maybe Indianapolis. Or Dolphins, too, I heard it was. Tampa Bay, I heard, too, if they move on um, from Winston. I feel like it's almost, I mean, I've always liked Rivers as a quarterback, but I think this year he took a big step back. Yeah. And, I mean, Winston had all the interceptions this year, and I feel like Rivers kind of was the same way this year. He threw, you know, made a bunch of mistakes late. But it was also, I mean, I think think the Chargers, with them being so banged up, too, had a lot, had – played a lot into that. They were playing from behind most of the time and he was, you know, that's that's Rivers. He just goes out there, you know, he chucks the ball around and 
really doesn't care whether it goes to the other team or not. So, but um, I I think he'll he'll end up going somewhere, and so I don't think he's gonna. I don't think it's gonna take him long to find somewhere. I, I think somebody who is is a contender is gonna could bring him in. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, it's really interesting. Like, if you're the Bears, mm-hmm. do you say, "Hey, we're gonna bring Philip Rivers for a year and let Mitch understudy"? Yeah, under and, and it could be one of those situations. <clears throat> you know, where... it's, it's interesting to see what is out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are teams that are off the board, like Houston, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They're they're setting their quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and you and you mentioned Tennessee. You know, with the Tannehill thing this year, do they bring in somebody else to you know a, a little bit of an upgrade? And you know, it's it's an interesting situation there after Tennessee's season. But yeah. are they going to stick with more a uh, more of a conservative quarterback, or would they bring somebody in like like Rivers or somebody else? That's uh, interesting for sure. Yeah, and uh, in Indianapolis too. So mm-hmm. since Luck's gone, I mean they're definitely looking for yep. a quarterback. Another team with some weapons. They got you know, especially on the offensive side of the ball, they got uh, Mac in the backfield. Uh, both tight ends, Doyle and Ebron, uh, mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton. I mean they got they got some weapons there too. All right, we'll move on to topic three, and sort of goes with what we just talked about. Uh, Matthew Stafford being traded, maybe. So my friends in the Detroit and in Grand Rapids area, so the 97.1 ticket friends I have, it's all they've been talking about nonstop on their airways is Stafford leaving Detroit because Detroit and Bayou draft a quarterback. And if Detroit drafts a quarterback and the draft, Stafford does not want to be any part of that. He wants out of Detroit immediately. How do you feel about that, Butterbear? I think it's stupid. I don't think there's a quarterback you want to draft right now. Because you don't know how Tua is going to – be with his hip and his ankles and Justin Herbert or Hebert, whatever the hell his name is, Morgan. I don't think he's good enough to take with the third pick. But I guess you could trade a third pick and move back. I mean, that's the interesting thing. They're in a very tough spot, too. Yeah, I mean, it was really, if you're the Lions, you really don't need a quarterback, Mm -hmm. in theory. Chase Young was who you were hoping for. You were hoping for one of those first two picks, and you got the third. Exactly what you – I mean, we'll leave it to the Lions to have that kind of luck. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, – I don't see the Lions getting rid of Stafford. They say that I – th- I can see them moving back if they can get the player they want. Let me move that is. I really think that that kid from Ohio State, a cornerback. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name. They uh, say, Jeff Okuda. Yeah. yeah. They say he's – uh, again, a generational player, mm-hmm. but you can also maybe get him at eight. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they know they can get him at eight and trade back, then that's I think it's something they would do. Especially but, with some of the teams that may be panicking on quarterbacks. Obviously, Burrow's going one. Mm-hmm. If somebody trades up with Detroit to take a quarterback, then all of a sudden Herbert might go a little bit earlier than what people thought, and maybe another that Jordan Love, um, from Utah State or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe he's you know falls into the top ten because it happens a lot where somebody you know a team trades up, takes a quarterback, and then all all of a sudden that starts the domino effect. Yeah, people panic because yeah. they need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, I also heard that if Tua comes out for the whatever the thing in Indianapolis combine, mm-hmm. combine, and he looks healthy, and there could be a foot of teams yeah. that want to yeah. trade up for the third pick and. And that, and that and the would be the best. Have the pick or the riches. That would be the best case scenario for them. Yeah. So the Bengals are at one, right? Bengals are at one. Yep. And Washington's at two. I know there was talk for a short bit. Could the Lions trade up to two? 
Like, what would you mortgage in the future to get Chase Young? Mm -hmm. Like, are the Lions in a win-now mode? Probably. But, like, is Chase Young that much to blah, 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 blah? Mm -hmm. And, of course, Snyder's not that kind of guy. He's just, he's more of a, I'm just going to stockpile draft picks. Mm -hmm. And it make and it, it makes it makes sense that those two teams got the one and two pick because you got Cincinnati obviously in need of a quarterback and Burrow is an Ohio native mm -hmm. so it makes sense there and Chase Young's from DC so I mean it's a perfect fit there in Washington but yeah that I'm I've heard that if the draft were tomorrow Okuda would be would be the Lions guy but there are a lot of teams you know I'm almost. I almost have this feeling if I was Detroit, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of teams behind you want to, uh, you yeah. know, whether right now, whether he's healthy or not, whether people know that or not, you know, do you pass on him knowing that other teams want that? Or do you take him and maybe see if you can trade him during the draft too? If, so, if something doesn't pan out for one of the other franchises. So, cause I don't know how many times they have passed on, you know, they've passed on a player and guy ends up being, Ends up being a Pro Bowler. Yeah, so hundred percent. Mm -hmm. I know, like, there's a decent wide receiver. I think Alabama's mm -hmm. wide receiver, Jerry Judy. Yo. Yeah, he's they say he's legit. Mm -hmm. He is definitely a really good wide receiver. And the Lions definitely could use someone to stretch the field out a little more. There was rumors today too. I I highly doubt this happens, but it'd be something interesting if he could stay healthy. Would be uh, reuniting Stafford and AJ Green. They were one together, one year together at Georgia, and Green's a free agent, so that would be. You know, throwing him in with uh, on another side of Galladay would be would make for an interesting tandem. I think AJ, somebody like AJ Green, definitely has some miles left on the tires. Hasn't but, played much the last couple of years. That's yeah, the thing. and if you look at uh, what's the jig at the Dallas wire, Des Bryant. Yeah, Des Bryant was the same situation mm -hmm. though. Now, hopefully, AJ Green learns from that, where you just can't demand top tier money mm -hmm. because what's going to happen is no one's going to take you. Mm -hmm. They'll just say, hey, you know what, you're not there. But I think A.J. Green was a decent route runner. Yeah. So I think he could – not that he's going to be in the slot, but, um, yeah, Galladay, Marvin Jones, and and I don't mind Amdadol in the slot. Yeah. Either. So, I mean, the Lions definitely could have weapons. I, I like Hawkinson. Mm -hmm. So. Probably take another tight end at three. <laughs> They're gonna need to. They're gonna need to do something with their running back situation because you know John with Johnson getting hurt again. You know how how much is it after two seasons of not playing much? You know half the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's there's a and they've never been able to run the ball. That's their that's been their problem. So there's should be somebody you you think somebody on the free agent market that they could bring in that you know could handle you know a three down workload. Mm -hmm. it's just crazy to me. They're a mess. I don't think they're going to be the team because I know a lot of people are talking about the like Detroit has you know mm -hmm. has what it takes to be the new San Francisco. I don't. I think they're light years away from the reason San Francisco was banged up was because Garoppolo was hurt, mm -hmm. and I understand Stafford was too. But you know they brought in San Francisco brought in you know uh, Stud and Bosa there, and you know Sherman was in his second year. You know you had a lot. There was just a well, there was a lot more defensively. There was a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem. I mean. San Francisco, they weren't a great defense, but they weren't they weren't as bad as what the Lions were this past yeah. season. And the other problem, of course, is you, you can make this argument, is that San Francisco was bad on offense last mm -hmm. year, and they got decent on offense this year. Mm -hmm. Their defense really carried them. And it showed in the Super Bowl. When yep. they had to score, mm -hmm. they really couldn't. So, yep. I mean, um, very interesting stuff. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. I mean, so that's why you sent me. So. 
Oh, I was going to talk about um, what's my jet? Fickle's out. Oh yeah. I thought that was the next thing. Oh, next thing. Okay, all right, that works. All right. So I got confused. I was sending a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll take a break. Um, Johnny, why don't you recap since you were here last? We spent a lot of time talking about Alpina hockey. We did. Yep. And um, Cooper Black and his, um, you were kind of leading the charge for him to try to maybe at least get consideration for Mr. Hockey for mm-hmm. Alpina, which went well. It did go well, yep. Uh, he ended up making the dream team, which he's the first first Alpina player to make this new, the, the new dream team set up by the... Um, Michigan High School Hockey Association. He's he. There was um, one of the Stibbets um, back in the day was made a dream team, but this under this new format, which I believe was put in in 1996. Okay. Um, Cooper is the first first Alpina first Alpina player, obviously the first goalie too. But yeah, it was a it was a magical season last year, and um, you know they they had a lot of good players on the team. Uh, Kyle Van Dusen, Colby Plowman. Um, uh, Owen Limbeck, you know, they had a, their, their roster was pretty much stacked top to bottom, but ran into a good, uh, Houghton team, uh, UP power in the quarterfinal last year and came up a little short, but that was, uh, it was fun to watch. That was a tough game to listen to mm-hmm. because a couple of injuries well, too. They, yeah. It was one-to-one after two periods and that third period started it and no, one... o- Owen was out and they, they were without Owen and, uh, two other skaters. So you lose one of your assistant captains and two of the other, uh, two of your other skaters, against a team like that in the third period pretty much did them in. Yeah. It was tough because, you know, as your dad was calling the game, you know, he said, we haven't seen, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. And then before you know it, the bell gets ring, And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, well, then, then yeah, just you're playing on your shorthand at the mm-hmm. time of the game. So. Yeah, and tough to win against. You know, when you when you're at that, when you're in the one of the final eight teams, you know, it, you need every all the guns that got you there. That's for sure. And they were just a, there were a few short. Um, this year, what's what's that? So we're talking about this year. They don't have the record, the overall record, but they have improved. And the, one, they're kind of got hot. They have, yeah. And two, their conference record actually is really good. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this team is. is Bad as maybe we thought they were in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. No, they they started off the season, you know, really bad. And I think I think a lot of what it was too. Um, you know, I don't I don't think Chris would ever come out and say it. And but it seemed to me like obviously, you know, you're you're in the high school, you know what the team did last year, and a lot of the kids on the team, um, you know, for a bunch of them being you know first time players, there are a lot of junior and seniors on the team. But the team was just so loaded last year; it was so top heavy with upper upperclassmen that not a lot of those kids made the team. But I think they kind of came out this year, and I think some of the kids felt pressure. And, I mean, you know, rightfully so. You, you know, you take over for a group like that that sets a, you know, sets a school record, wins, go to, goes to a quarterfinal, you know, wins a big North title. But um, I think uh, I think they came out, felt a little pressure, and now they've since settled down. And they're they're floating around the five. I think they're 9-12-2, nine, I think, mm-hmm. is their record right now. And they played good. Uh I think they've won a four in a row. So they and, and they're, it's worth noting their losses aren't like normal losses. And they're still playing a very tough schedule yeah. too. They're, still, they're losing to top ranked teams mm-hmm. across the you know, some of these schools are playing if they make the playoffs, they're gonna see them in the playoffs. Yeah. A very a very similar schedule to what they played last year. And one of one of the things that does favor them, I think, is uh the regional. 
They're going to play. They got um, it's them, Gaylord, Sheboygan, Tawas, and the Sioux in that region. And they've beaten at least um, all those teams. They lost, They did lose to Sheboygan um, four to three. They had a lead. They had a uh, two nothing lead. They gave it up and they lost to Sheboygan in overtime. That was last weekend. And they, um, I think that was, I think that was the first time they played them. But they were, they were uh, eleven skaters with that uh, flu bug that's going around the school. So <laughs> that that hit them hard. And they were only, they were with I think eleven or twelve skaters. And another interesting note: they're down to one goalie too. They're they're with. Colin Lightfoot, a couple of the, I guess Chris asked a couple of the JV goalies to come up, and none of them were interested. So they're going, they're going with one. Yeah, they're going with one. I guess, I guess they didn't want to come up and, from what I heard, uh, they didn't want to come up and sit the bench because obviously Colin, being a senior, was going to see most of the most of the time. But yeah, Jimmy, the Jimmy Bolinowski, him and Colin were splitting time. Um, then. Jimmy's no longer on the team, so Colin's the guy. And new new rule I heard about. I don't know if it's a new rule or just the way it was, but if, if something happens to Colin, say he gets hurt, you know, in the middle of a game, you don't get time to let somebody else strap on the pads either. You gotta you play with either six skaters or you play with uh, one of your kids in the net until somebody else goes to the locker room and puts on the pads. So NHL it's a it's a tough yeah it's a tough situation. I mean you you hope nothing happens to Colin just for you know for the for that reason. But My yeah Lord. yeah but their their regional is you know they do have a favorable region and I don't know um, if any of you guys saw actually the article just came out today it was from the Gaylord newspaper what happened to the Gorno kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sam Gorno is their captain. It just happened it just happened they were in. Gaylord was in a tournament. Um, they were in a showcase in the UP, and they played um, Kingsford. Kingsford, and I think they might they might have played Houghton or one of the other one of the other strong teams up there. Escanaba, I think it was. Okay. And they're playing Kingsford, lost eight to two. Uh, their captain. Uh, there really wasn't a whole lot a whole lot of uh, you know information on the story, but I guess uh, kid from Kingsford in an eight to two game. This is one of the things I didn't understand. Apparently, unprovoked, took his took a stick to the Gorno kid's head, who was the captain of the Gaylord team, and basically knocked his helmet off. And the Gorno kid went face first, and he was out. He was out cold after he got hit with the stick. Uh, face hit the ground, tooth fell out, chipped his tooth, um, nose bloodied, everything. I guess he, you know, they had to they had to stop the game for quite a while. And yeah, there was a big big article in the in the Gaylord newspaper about it today. So, hmm. you know. Weird as weird as that is, I mean, he he was he was Gaylord's captain. I don't know what his status is going to be for the rest of the season, um, or what what's going to happen. They're talking about like uh, they got the videos and stuff from that game and the incident that happened. They're talking about you know turning into like police and everything like that. So that yeah, was a big big message. There was like I said, just something something small that came up. So it's probably going to be you know yeah. more that comes of it. But yeah, it was that was something interesting that I that I saw today. Yeah, I always wonder when things like that happen. <clears throat> something always gets you there. Mm-hmm. And you know, well, that, and the story said unprovoked. I, you know, I mean, I know a lot of crazy things can run through people's head, but to be completely unprovoked to do something like that, I just there there had to be even even a little chatter back and forth. There had to have been something to you know send that kid off. Yeah. But and it might have not have been this year. Mm-hmm. It could have been two years ago, yeah, yeah. last year. Yep. I mean, that's that's the thing. People remember that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean. Just how it is. I'm surprised that nothing broke out after the fact. Yeah, there wasn't like I mean, I I can speak for you know Alpina because we got I mean just <laughs> being around our hockey. I if something happened something like that happened to one of the Alpina kids, 
I think, I mean, they would have been, they'd have been hitting people that had no, you know, <laughs> that, that's how it would have been. I yeah. just, I just feel like that, you know, we're so passionate about our players, you know, passionate about our players, teammates, and just hockey in general. I feel like it would have been a, it would have been a big, even the parents. Oh yeah. Oh, you would have, oh yeah. Oh, you would have, you would have had people, yeah, barking back and forth. Yeah. Hey, oh yeah. You would have had, yeah, it would have <clears throat> something like that. You never want to happen, especially in our community because we are mm-hmm. so passionate about hockey and I, something like that. When, Mm-hmm. Oh, and hockey parents are a different they're a different breed too i've come to know that over the years they are they're a different breed of parents that's for sure but yeah i i can't i i was reading on because i figured you know this was going to start something i never heard of anything else happening with any of the players or anything so i was kind of surprised that there was no retaliation there's a level of dedication from a parent that is required to be a hockey parent mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is there is a financial oh yeah cost to it and a very much of a time constraint. And you see these kids with, you know, uh, sixth graders and fifth graders. They're traveling all over mm-hmm. every weekend. They're somewhere, Grand Rapids, you know, Saginaw, Sault Ste. Marie. So to be able to put that type of investment in your kid, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, by the time they get to junior, you know, or you're a freshman, you're a committed person to that sport, 100%. And, and it used to be where, you know, you had a house league, and now there's not so much a house league. So you pay to be on the wrecks and that's a little that's a little more expensive and you're traveling further distances i mean you're going down state sometimes you're going out of state yeah. where before i know growing up if we played in the house league and we'd travel you know we'd travel to Sault Ste. Marie we'd travel to Sheboygan you know we'd just basically surrounding areas we wouldn't go too far but you know these the wrecks and the, the kids now are traveling all over the state and sometimes even out of state but no, the uh, I I like the Alpena's regional, which is which is which is great because you know for as bad as they started, you know I don't know a lot of people thought it was just going to be a lost season, and they've really they've really come around and they've they've uh, battled injuries, they've battled the sickness, you know they've they're down to one goalie, so they've definitely been battle tested throughout the year. But they got they got a winnable region that would be you know something really special, especially for Chris. I think you know last year obviously meant a ton to him. I think this year would also mean, you know, mean a lot to him because, you know, in many coming, ways probably com, more com, coming off to, cause he's had to do, I think he's had to do a lot more coaching this year, mm-hmm. not to say that he didn't last year, but there's, I mean, to start off the way they did, it's like, and you know, I can almost tell during some of the interviews, he was a little frustrated. So, I mean, this is, if, if they're able to win a regional and it's at home, so that, you know, that adds a, you know, adds yeah. a little sweetener to it. But yeah, yeah I think, uh, I think they got a really good chance. I'm going to, I'd have to go on a limb and say they're the favorite in the region with them being the host. And, you know, if Gaylord's captains, Oh, Gaylord's, I think poses the biggest threat to them. So they're, if they're healthy and, you know, have everybody back, I think they're going to be, you know, I think they're going to have a good chance to bring them a regional title here in a couple of weeks. Would the district be held here? They're in, in hockey. It's just a regional. You play, oh, okay. you, they would play if, if they don't, I, I, I think Alpina would have to play three. I know last year they had to play three. Um, they were the only team that didn't get the bye. I'm not sure exactly what the draw was because last year they had to play three games in order to win the regional, and they beat Gaylord last year. So um, at least two, possibly three, and if they win win those, they would be regionals, and then they'd go on to that quarterfinal, which is what they did last year. Yeah. Won right. three games and then played Houghton in that quarter. Last year I spray-painted a green paint all over our snowbanks for mm-hmm. the hockey team as they were leaving town. That was ridiculous. They've, they're having a good season. There's, uh, it's fine. I don't care. There's, we actually had the the signing day too. Um, yeah. that was that was fun. We had a couple 
couple Division One athletes. Obviously, uh, Eli Winters going to Michigan. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And he, talk about a kid that's worked hard mm-hmm. to see to see him. That's that's one of the cool things you know that I like about my job. You, you know, you see him as a freshman. If you if I would have seen him as a freshman and just hadn't seen him up until now, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't even recognize him. But he yeah he really put in the work and he has the looks of a Division One athlete and he actually has uh, his indoor uh, track meet next week. He set another personal personal record, another state record, and uh, I think sh- shot put and hammer throw. I watched Eli for a while because um, well, my son's a senior too, mm-hmm. and when we would go to different meets, sometimes they would cross paths, like yep. the Oldham Mom meet posing and uh, up here. It's like all inclusive North Northern right. Michigan track meet. So yeah, he is it shows you what happens one when you have great coaching because mm-hmm. he's technically sound, mm-hmm. but two also when you have a kid that's willing to put in the work. Exactly, and he's put yeah he's putting a ton of it. Yeah, he was he was Division One. Uh, Gabe Bullis actually made his decision uh, last well, signing day was Wednesday because of the sickness. They backed up to Thursday, but uh, Gabe Gabe Bullis is going to the Naval Academy for pole vault. So he was actually deciding on Army or Navy. So that was pretty interesting. And I think his dad um, uh, went to Army. So. That was uh, pretty interesting. He came in, and I don't think a whole lot of people knew. I think his parents knew at the time, but he came in with a jacket on. I here, I thought I was excited because I thought he was going to do the whole hat thing because mm-hmm. you know that never happens in Alpena. Yeah. And I thought he was going to come in with a hat thing, and he comes up with a with the zip up, and he said, "You know, I'm making my decision." That was most most of the people in that media center. There was you know, upwards of fifty people there. That was the first you know their first time knowing you know where he was going. So yeah, two two Division One. Two Division One athletes there, so a couple more to add to the list. There was, I think, four last year, four um, between cross country and track. I saw that you have a couple of Spring Arbor softball players. Yep, Spring Arbor softball players. There was five five total softball players, um, and that and you know that's a credit to Paul Marweed's, uh, you know, his roster, his you know his coaching staff himself. They're gonna have you know. They're gonna have five girls on this year's team. They're gonna be going off. They're they're gonna have another good year. You know they they got to uh, they got to a regional final last year. Came up a little short, but they're gonna once again be very good. And they're they're good. I, they've been good every year since I can remember. Yeah, they have a great program. They do. So that's a good mm-hmm. thing. I think I can say it because no one listens where it's like this. I think my kids are going to Spring Arbor. Mm-hmm. So we have one last financial hurdle to go through but it mm-hmm. looks like he's sad he's like i don't know if spring arbor is going to do a signing thing for him i'm sure they will because they've done nothing but mm-hmm. all this stuff so i guess mm-hmm. probably i'll let you know if we ever go out to pose and absolutely is there so we definitely look forward to uh being there for that's for sure <laughs> he's just such a little shit you know what i mean <laughs> you know you don't know what it's like to be 17 years old yeah. he's, well he's 18 now so i mean you just think you know everything so I still think I know everything. <laughs> so, um, anything else sports-wise? Just in, just in the midst of basketball season, it's been a been a wild wild basketball season. You know, different. You know, I'm used to the days of where you know Hillman dominated, and that's not the case anymore. Um, Posen have another good year. I think the the team and they're undefeated this year. There, there's one team. There's one team that I really think you know could make a deep run. There's another team that I think, you know, has, you know, lacked a little bit, which I thought was going to be, um, I think Oscoda is very good. Yeah. I think, I think they have the best player in the area. I think Owen Franklin is, is the best player in the area. He might be the best athlete in the area. And that's, he's a, he's a heck of a football player, heck of a basketball player. 
heck of a baseball player. And I talked to his, uh, I talked to his dad at when um, Oscoda played Posen. They came up to Posen and played. And I talked to Kirk, and you know, his his passion, Kirk's passion, was always baseball. So he's like, you know, I really hope Owen Owen plays baseball. Man, he's a hell of a basketball player. Yeah. And talk about another kid. Then he's only a junior. Yes. And, you know, talk about another kid. Did he that's, just get a thousand points? Yeah. yeah. And he, as a junior. Yeah. As a junior. Yep. And, I mean, he's built. I mean, he's, he's Duncan. You know, he's had uh, BKB had him on TV last week, dunking a ball mm-hmm. at Mayo. I mean, they're, they're, they're undefeated and he's, you know, he's a big reason why, but they got a, they got a stacked team. Braden Malik's really good. Uh, Gabe Kellstrom. You know, they got a uh, Gavin Luex, a good player. They got a starting five that's very good. And they got a couple, you know, capable players on the bench too. So they're, they're going to be. I think they were. They won a district title and were. They lost in the regional regional finals to Sanford Meridian last year. Okay. So good good basketball school there. But I think they're good. One of the one of the teams I think underachieved a little was Mile, which I thought Mile was going to be. I thought they were going to be good for because they played Hillman two years ago in the regional final, and this, mm-hmm. that was when uh, Drew Hess was a freshman. Okay. And uh, Hess eclipsed a thousand last year, sophomore year. And they got for some reason I don't know why I think uh, Mike Kahn was the coach his right. freshman year I guess there was some issues with the parents and uh, Ty McGregor took over I know Ty really well mm-hmm. and apparently you know coming into the season there was more issues because one of their one of their top seniors isn't playing this year and has something to do with the parents and Ty and you know the kid not wanting to play for Ty and stuff like that so you know no. They're st- they're still a good team. I think they I think they've only lost three games, but there's they just haven't. I mean, they've gotten blown out by Oscoda. They and Roger City beat them too. Well, you you've played enough sports where you know how important chemistry is. Yep, and it can bleed right through your whole team. And it definitely showed that when I that was the first time I watched Mile play all year was when they played Roger City. Roger City, good team. Ponick's doing a great job with them this year. They're talking about another team that's on a roll. They've won eight of nine, and. They beat, you know, they, they were down, I think, double digits that time. They were down like 12 or 13 at the half, ended up coming back to win the game. They held them, held a uh, Mayo team to five points in the third quarter. I like Coach Panic. He's doing, he's doing well, a great I job. Well, I should say, let me rephrase that. I love Coach Panic. Mm-hmm. He got a raw deal posted. But, I mean, like, yep. they're an impatient fan base. Well, mm-hmm. How much Alpine is in hockey is how Posen is yep. with basketball. And they don't always lose very long. They could don't mind one down year. But mm-hmm. four down years, and they're ready to do something different. Mm-hmm. Keller's a great coach. Don't yeah. Coach Keller's a great guy. Mm-hmm. He's done amazing things with that program. But having Ian and um, a couple of the other kids, Wyatt, and those mm-hmm. guys, having a whole bunch of kids above six feet, it also helps. Yeah. Where before when Pond was, you had Travis yeah. Sharp. Yeah. I mean, like, well, Jared, Jared was on the team where he was a freshman, and he was, you know, it wasn't even. I don't think he was five foot five. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like things like that are just they are what they are. You no, know, they they've taken a you know Roger City's taken a big step forward this year, and you know Matt's Matt's done a good job. I think he's in his third season now with Roger City, and you know they've gotten better each year, and that's that's the thing I look for too. You know, how do you con- do you continue to get better, or mm-hmm. do you stay the same, or do you get worse? But Matt's Matt's done a good job with that program as he's teaching them what he wants and expects mm-hmm. in the system. You know. Yep. I thought that was one of the th- interesting things that I always felt with the Posen system was this Posen does love exchange students, mm-hmm. and each year they bring in a different exchange student. Some of those kids were amazing, some weren't. But either way, watching them try to fit in that offense and learn it, whereas kids have been, you know, 
they grew Jordan knew the offense. It wasn't mm-hmm. very good because he's only five foot three, but at least he knew where everyone was supposed to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in a kid from France who's obviously talented, but he has no idea what's going on mm-hmm. on the floor at all. And it's just, Makes it tough to watch sometimes. Pose and girls got a um, exchange student too that came in. Actually, is really good. Yeah, Elena Kalbitzer is her name. She's Pose and girls have been very good. I think they're you know they're gonna have a good shot to win a district title. Momark's been there forever. Carl's you know Carl's done a great job. He's done a great job forever. Yeah, he's he's an unpopular person sometimes because he does he has his favorites and he'll make sure that he takes care of his favorites. But uh, I mean. uh, there's, I think, depending on how you want to look at it, there's nothing wrong with knowing if someone's going to be a good athlete, making sure that. You and as many as many as Carl has seen go through the program, I, th- I think he's got a good gauge on you know what what works, what doesn't, and he's he's realistic about it too. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So let's pivot. Let's move up a level. Uh, Michigan State basketball was crazy. I don't mm-hmm. know. I figured we talk about that. Uh, preseason number one fell out of the top twenty-five. Yep. Um, thoughts? Uh, it's shocking. Like we were talking about during the break, a little. Uh, that that that's shocking, and so is you know. I was, I guess, I've been shocked twice for Michigan this year. I was shocked that for the fact that you know the start that they got off to, you know, they were unranked. I think they jumped all the way up to four in the first ranking or something like that, and then now they're unranked. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just doesn't seem like there's that one dominant team in college basketball this year. But you know. For Michigan State, I mean, everything's everything's there, and I actually really thought uh, Cassius Winston was going to go off after the after everything happened with his brother there. I thought he was, but it almost seems like it's you know affecting him in a negative way rather than rather than a positive. I thought he was going to kind of like be motivated after that, and they were gonna they were kind of going to kind of rally around that, but it doesn't doesn't seem to be the case. I think they've lost three in a row now. Well, we've heard, I at least I have heard numerous times Cassius Winston doesn't play basketball anymore. Hmm. He is done. Does not want to play. He is not, and he's not doing well. Really? And there's nothing more sad than that. Mm. One because you know his brother would have wanted that, right? So and the two, I mean, he's so talented, mm-hmm. such a great basketball player. But it's tough when you just you know when you go with that. And he had that game against Purdue where he had like 28, mm-hmm. and Michigan State just rolled over Purdue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe this is good. Maybe this is what. Wing, you know, Michigan State needs, and it just has it's just been glimpses of you know, they flash and then, mm-hmm. but Izzo's not on easy on him either. You know, he's expecting, I think some of it is he's expecting there's expectation versus reality. Mm-hmm. Some of those kids, he's expected things that he just haven't produced. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the opposite of Michigan, whereas Michigan didn't have a really lot of expectation. You know, there was a transition year with her Howard. Mm-hmm. Not really, uh, other than Livers, they really don't feel like they had anyone where you're like, that is the player. And uh, But yet, they've done all right. They've hung in there. So, well, the Big Ten's been, I mean, just the Big Ten as a whole, you know. It's, just being on yep, each other. Yep, that's exactly what I think they've had. I think there's only been like three teams that haven't been ranked at one point during the season, which is, I mean, three teams in a conference like that, you know. And some teams, you know, there's been a couple ranked inside the top ten. They've been they've been all over the rankings. So mm-hmm. the Big Ten's obviously been tough too. I don't be interesting to see what happens with Michigan because of the Xavier Simpson thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's completely done and over with with the with him. What he stole ended up stealing his the eighties wife's vehicle or something. Yeah. Crashed it. Is that what the? I don't think he stole it. 
because he lived in the same he lived in the same building as a kid. Okay, so I'm sure she, it was more of the scope of things how it looked from the outside world. Well, I think this is very much like the trailer thing, and what I mean by that is, I'm just, I'm speculating here. I don't know this at all for a fact, but I'm pretty sure Xavier Simpson drives that car all the time. Mm. That's what I'm guessing. And it's, I'm sure it's not his car, though. Mm-hmm. And therein lies the rub. The, the, there's something. There's something there that I think there that I'm. I you know I hope nothing happens, but it's something something worries me because you, you, it's and it's always with you know the big time programs, big time players of the big time programs. Mm-hmm. If this wasn't Michigan, if it was a smaller Big Ten school, you may not hear anything about it. But there's something there that I hope you know if if someone would came out, you're going to suspend him. You know, suspend him now. Mm-hmm. Don't I feel like now they you know if something comes out they're going to punish them before the Big Ten tournament or something when they yeah. need it or you know during the you know uh, during March Madness so I don't know I, I don't know how the ruling is on somebody like that I'm sure it's probably not right that he's driving someone else's car right. but I don't doubt for a minute that they knew that he had that car mm-hmm. I don't think stolen I think they read it as stolen mm-hmm. I think they say it's stolen and that's what that's what's you know that's what's put out there mm-hmm. you know, the word you know he used the word stolen and and everybody you know. You you read a hundred different articles and hundred hundred will have something different in every yeah. one of them. So, and it's just like when you say stolen, now it's like, well, we didn't know he had the car, mm-hmm. and then it gives Michigan the deniability of saying he drove this car all yeah. the time. And I have a feeling we know exactly what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you really think about what's when you look at it, I mean, it just seems for me my problem with situations like this. I would have rather had him just come clean than say, you know, saying he stole a car or whatever. You know, like just he drives that, but like director's car sometimes. Mm-hmm. He got in an accident. This is what happened. Yeah. And then if they're going to get suspended or if something's going to happen in Michigan, then it happens. Versus saying he stole it. Now he, now you don't know whether he's a thug. Who said he stole it? Though? There was there was articles that came out yeah. that said he that he stole stole the athletic director's wife's car. Yeah. It was one of the ones I heard, and there was people upset that he only ended up getting one game suspension. Correct. They missed missed one game. And they brought him back. So there, yeah, that was you know there there was other ones. That, there was other reports that said he didn't steal it, but there was all there was ones out there that said you know he stole. I read one article that said that he lives in the same building as the athletic director's kid, mm-hmm. and the kid let him borrow the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, yeah. how, that's how many. You know, that's how many stories yeah. are. are and, and, that, and that makes sense as well. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought. What and the reason he got article said the reason he got suspended is because he was out past curfew. Oh, well, I and it probably didn't help that he gave the cops the wrong name. Yeah, because he didn't want to. Right, but whatever. But you know, you put himself, you put yourself in his situation. You know how much you got riding if you get in trouble. You know. And you're when you're especially when you're put on the spot like that. Too. I really thought he did something with Obama's daughter. Like that, he was, was, <laughs> that he was supposed to do because he is that's his girlfriend. You know that he, that is who he's dating. And I really thought there was some unspoken rule of like don't be down here. You know, like hey, like I could because you can see that. Like look, hey, be smart. You know, and then I don't know. I think Secret Service would take care of it. Well. <laughs> Could be still a lot to be could be unfolded here. Yeah, I mean, you just don't. I mean, you don't know who's in the car with him. You don't. 
We'll sometimes, never know. Sometimes that information won't ever come out. Yeah, that's the, that's and the depending on what it could be, that could be the whole problem yeah. with the whole thing. I mean, exactly. like, yeah, so it's just fun. To, I mean, it's fun to speculate. I'm yeah. not trying to create more problems than it is. Either way, I'm with you. Whatever is going to be a levy upon him, I'd rather have it sooner than later. Right, yep. So that way Michigan has some sit back for, I don't yeah. even care about the Big Ten tournament, but at least for the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. it sounds like football. Oh, you, you, you know, if you're going to punish him, punish him now. Don't punish him for your, is you know, Big Ten tournaments, yeah, it's not the biggest deal, but it's a big deal. You mm-hmm. know, uh, they, it has lots of, especially for Michigan, you know, they do well. That could be the difference of a, you know, six or seven seed between a, you know, a three or four seed. So, I mean, that, that's a that's a difference. Well, or, let's be honest, depending on what happens our season, they could be make or break yep. for their entire season. Yeah, exactly. But Michigan loses two or three more games. Yep. And then, they go out in the first round. They might they may be forced to win a game or two to even you know yeah, stand. So, so that's yeah. that's why you hate to you know you'd hate to have anything happen before before the Big Ten tournament when the games you know really matter. Michigan State. Um, we have a minute and a half. Oh well, let's take a break. Michigan State um, had a basketball coach. Football. football coach, sorry, football coach. Sounds like he backed out and now he's in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. What do you do if you're Michigan State? <sighs> Panic, <laughs> because I mean that's a that's a tough situation. I, I mean tough, especially the, I mean with everything that's gone on the last you know last few years. But I thought it was I thought it was pretty crappy the way D'Antonio left too. Oh, he what he just him. yeah he took that what four point three million dollar bonus <laughs> and. Uh, after two weeks left, and he left the day before signing day, and you know a couple days after uh, the early signing period, and you know that was they got a raw deal there, and then you know on top of everything that's happened with all the allegations and stuff, you know that if I mean it's it's almost impossible. It's going to be almost impossible for them to find you know a high caliber coach, and mm-hmm. you know what what kind of coach is going to want to go, you know at at this point right now the name really doesn't doesn't make a difference in my opinion. I mean, you're walking into, I mean, you're going to, to turn that around, it's going to take, it's going to take a long time. And Least the eight years. Yeah. You, and why would you, you know, why would you want to even go and be a part of what's going on there right now? Because they're saying, you know, stuff happened with D'Antonio even before. And that's why he, you know, that's why he left. So, you know, why, why do you want to be the centerpiece of that football program, you know, and be there? I, it's a it's a tough situation. I don't know who you're going to get, and I don't think they're going to get anybody. You know, they're not going to get a high profile name. That's for sure. If they do, I'll be shocked. I think Fickle wanted to go to Michigan State, and I think what he did is his own investigating on how much trouble Michigan State is in, mm-hmm. and I think they're in a lot of trouble. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't know the fact, but that's my three cents on what's mm-hmm. going on. I just think he was like, nope, I do not want to be a part of this. I'll just stay where I'm at. Mm. So. They're going to have to offer somebody a lot of money, I would say, to And it's probably going to be somebody that, like I said, not it's not going to be a high-profile name. Yeah. And somebody might just, you know, lower Division One coach might take it and if they, you know, off, if they offer more than what they should. But they're going to end up. One of the guys, one of the guys I thought um, he's done decent. He has, he's been at Michigan State before as Narduzzi, but I don't think Narduzzi is going to want anything to do with it either. Yeah, he said he was staying. At yeah, yeah, I, that was, and I'm sure that was one of the first names that came out. But it was the first one that came to my mind. 
And but I was just thinking, I was like, you know, why for somebody that I think it's gonna be somebody that doesn't know a lot about the program mm -hmm. because I obviously Narduzzi knows knows the program pretty well. So I don't think you know why would he want to go into a situation that he's you know he's familiar with. It would be actually somebody maybe like Jason Garrett. Yeah, it'd be I'm like a maligned pro coach mm -hmm. that will give yourself an opportunity to take over a program, show that you actually are a really good coach. And it might it might take something like that for them, you know, to, you know, speed up the process. But, you know, like, again, you know, especially with, you know, I guess Garrett would make a little sense because he's been, you know, he's been the focal point uh, behind Jerry Jones for so long, you know. Yeah. Maybe he maybe he'd think you know what could be worse, but the, this uh, this situation would definitely be worse, I think. Yeah, but I mean, it would be interesting to go after someone like him because mm -hmm. I think he fixes a, a lot of the problems. He's used to dealing with the media in not a positive way, mm -hmm. and he would be able to recruit well because mm -hmm. he, he could just say like I've coached at the NFL, right? At least know what it takes. I don't know if he's got a great record in the NFL. Nonetheless, he could at least say that. Mm -hmm. And it's worked out a lot for a lot of coaches, you know, that were pro coaches and they go back to college and it still works out for them. Mm -hmm. So that's my pick. That's what I think they should go after. Rich Rodriguez. That'd be an interesting one, too. That'd be an interesting one. Actually, you know, Rich Rod would love that. I mean, he, he might be the perfect guy for it. Yeah. Just to rub it yeah. right in Michigan's face. Yeah. They'd spread him out. Michigan State would be running the spread like crazy. Well, you know, another guy that you know really doesn't really doesn't give a shit either. Yep. And I think at this point, that's that might be what they need. Yeah. Because I mean, anybody that you know, I just I just can't think. I wouldn't consider you know, I don't I don't know if I'd consider Rich Wright a high profile. I mean, he's no name, but you know, as far as high profile, you know, he's had success at West Virginia, but after that, he really you know hasn't had much success after that. But that would be that would be interesting. I never thought of that one. That would be. That'd be interesting to see. I was just messing around. <laughs> I I think it you know it it might take somebody like that though to you know who else are you can convince. That's the thing. I don't know who you're gonna. And I mean, if you're gonna if you can convince him, I think he might be the he might end up being the best guy you can yeah best choice you have yeah it's great good job yeah man. I was just thinking of the UFR group and yeah we'll make <laughs> fun of Michigan fans because of Rich Rodriguez and like yeah. Yeah. Boy, wouldn't that be something though if he came to Michigan State and <laughs> he would relish that opportunity. Everything I know, oh yeah, well, everything that I've read about that situation with him and the University of Michigan, he would love to be yeah. there. And it would be great for the rivalry because nothing oh, yeah. more than Michigan would love to then just, yeah, be, like, just be, yeah, it'd be it would be great, yeah, to have nothing more than what you know Michigan want to beat him and him to beat Michigan. That would yeah. definitely it'd spice up the rivalry a little bit more, I think. I wanted to pivot to baseball a little bit. You go to Detroit Tigers. It seems mm. like they have uh, – they're certainly not the team they were in 2012. Right. I think it's a fair assessment. <laughs> um, where do they go from here? Well, uh, after what they finished last year, I mean, you would hope they only can go up. But <laughs> Could they pull uh, them out anymore? I hear they, they have a decent farm system. They do have a good farm system. And they got pitching. And that's going to be – you know, that's going to be – the big thing, if they continue to develop, I think they're going to continue being careful with their arms down there. I think my, you know, Mize will be in another, you know, innings, innings restriction this year. They're going to limit him. Um, but you know, they got, you know, they got six, seven pitchers in the minor leagues that, you know, they're going to take their time with to bring them up. But I think, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see them all come up. I think you're going to see most of them just come up at one time. 
I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's not going to be this year. I don't think it's going to be next year, but you know, two, three years from now, you're going to see them. And, you know, if, if they're as good as what they've pitched in the minor leagues, you know, I think, you know, at least you're going to have pitching, mm-hmm. you know, and you see, see what happened this year with Washington winning the World Series. If you got pitching, you know, you can get a few, and a few hitters. Well, it worked for Detroit for a long time. Yeah. They had a great pitching. Mm-hmm. It was just, we could never get that timely hit we needed. And it came up in the World Series. They couldn't pitching in the World Series. Verlander's record in the World Series has always been, you know, always been bad, and they just couldn't. They could pitch pitch good to get us to that point, but then when we got to the point, it's like, you know, what the hell happened? I think he just gets too overamped. Mm-hmm. You know, his whole solution is at least it used to be, and I I thought he got the monkey off his back, but apparently not. Mm-hmm. Was you know, his solution used to be, I'm just going to throw it harder. Mm-hmm. Like, if this isn't working, I'm just going to throw it harder. And you saw that even in the All-Star game one time. He was mm-hmm. just like, I'm just going to just throw everything I got. And then sometimes that doesn't work. Yeah, because I think his World Series record after this year, because he lost he lost two games to Washington this year. I think he was 0-7 with a ERA uh, close to 6 or above 6. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, you know, for somebody that has been as, as dominant as him, you know, to, especially in the division series. Yeah, and, and and he's been a. It's not like he hasn't been a good big game pitcher. Yeah. I mean, he's pitched in big games. So some of those, uh, you know, the wild card round games against Oakland. I mean, back back to back years, he pitched uh, shutouts. Yeah, complete game shutouts. And now, I mean, he gets the World Series and just can't get it done. And he'll have like a bad inning. It's just like which to typical Justin Verlander, as we all used to watch him. He'll have that one bad inning, and then that's just it. Mm-hmm. It's just all. Sometimes that's the first inning, and he'll settle down. Other times it seems like it happens right in the fifth inning, and just the wheels fall off the wagon. And then, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Detroit's going to be much better this year. I mean, they they made made a few moves. They got Crone and Scope, you know, but they're not going to be. They're. And I I think their division is going to be. Good again this year too. I think Kansas City's not very good. Cleveland's. I think Cleveland's going to take a big step back. But I, Chicago, I think, is going to be good. And Minnesota's going to be really good, especially off, especially offensively. Yeah, Minnesota was really got good toward the end last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. I think Chicago. There's some some of the some of their young players are you know now developed. They took a took a step forward last year. I think you know they made a couple signings uh, during the offseason this year. I think they're going to be they're going to I think they're going to challenge Minnesota for the for the Central. Did the Tigers have the first pick of the draft this year? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And the or, and they took uh well they took that Riley Green. Yeah. They took Riley Green because they took yeah they took Mize two years ago yeah that Riley Green, um they took him out of high school and I, apparently he's supposed to be I mean in limited action in that uh, fall league he was he was doing really well so I mean there's there's promise there but you just don't know how long it's going to take for and and what's going to happen you never know what can what can happen if they. If they somehow get ahead of schedule, you know, and they're, you know, or on the All Star break or something, but I think with their with their farm system, I don't think they're gonna, I don't think they're good enough to be a contender anytime soon. Yeah. So I don't think we have to worry about them, you know, giving away trading any of their prospects. But it'll just be interesting to see if they all pan out because right now it seems it almost seems too good to be true. They got so many good ones that people have talked about. And you'd think, you know, oh, you know, three or four years down the road, we're going to be all of them are going to be studs. But you, rarely does that ever happen. My main problem with the Tigers is it's not that they're bad. Believe it or not, I don't mind the Tigers being bad. It's just when the Tigers were really bad, you used to be able to go to Comerica Park for five bucks, mm-hmm. get a good seat, watch the baseball, and then you just move on and they stunk. But whatever. 
And then they got good, and then the tickets were 80 bucks, mm-hmm. And that made sense because we, we're paying for a good team. Yep. And you're, you're not just watching an A baseball team. You're watching a great baseball team. Now they're still like 55, 60 bucks, and they mm-hmm. suck. That's my problem right now. It's like I feel like I'm not saying that they're going to go back to five bucks. I understand that that was a long time ago, but even fifteen dollars, you know, like it doesn't seem like you should be able to have to pay eighty bucks for a team that lost a hundred games. Yeah, for a team that sucks so bad, like just man, like do you not want to fill the stadium up? Like used to, I remember used to be able to go for like ten bucks. You get a hot dog, and a beer, and a ticket, and be able to get it and. My seats were great, but I mean, now it's like twenty five bucks. Even mm-hmm. to get a shitty seat, and yeah. it's just I just don't understand what they're doing. Especially for us, the, the gas to get there now too. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't help. You pay more times. You pay more for the gas than you do for the ticket. Well, I know we're short on time, so I'm going to wrap it up, and we'll come back. We're going to do a top five. Yeah. You, you want to tell me? You want to make them wait? You can wait. Again. I love that you like to make them wait. <laughs> It's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early, and I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape? Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek. Whoa, where's that at? It's located at US 23 South in Alpena, across from Kiff Miller's Produce and the Lutz Plaza. Wow, thanks, God. Anytime, bro. Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884-4397. Zen, find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it. All right, now we are on to our top five, and this week's top five is our top five Tigers. I'm just going from my lifetime. That's fair. I've never seen Al Kaline plays. Okay, Kaline makes an honorable mention for me, and then you know why, and I'll talk about it here in a second. But you go ahead. I already know what your number one is. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number five will be Cecil Fielder. It's a great pick. I love the fat guy playing baseball <laughs> when I was a fat little kid, so gave me hope. I mean, you're not until I played baseball and then I sucked. So. so I have three honorable mentions: Johnny Damon for Allison, Al Kaline for my mom. My mom used to babysit Al Kaline. Oh, really? So, and then um, Lance Parrish. So catcher from '84 team. And then um, number five for me is Punch. So Pudge, I feel like, was the reason the Tigers didn't stink. Like, mm-hmm. they stunk really bad, and we signed Pudge, and everybody was like, wait, Pudge is coming to the Tigers. And then they, we started putting some stuff together and then started making other signings, and before you know it, it was more of a diamond day probably than Pudge. But, I mean, still. It helped. Yeah. So that's my number five. So are we going – we're going – You can do ta- whatever you want. Okay. Well, if, if we're going – I'll give you. I'll give you two lists. I'll give you from my lifetime, and I'll give you you know all all yeah. time. So Al Kaline's got to be on there. I think if you're going all time, um, for my personal one, and I guess in no specific order, uh, I gotta go Maglio Ordonez. My or Ordonez has got to be on mine, especially just just because of the home run that he hit against yeah. Oakland, and and they shouldn't have been there that year. But I would say on on my in my lifetime, I would say Ordonez, and then for the um, for the all-time one, I would uh, Al Kaline would be my first name. All right. Uh, number four for me, we are going to go with Alan Trammell. Luke Meinberg's favorite Tiger. Yep. Didn't get to see him play much, but when I did see him play, I was inspired. I mean, it's not a wrong pick. Um, number four for me. I have a number four, number three. I do have a number four. This is the other end of that. 
So I have Lou Whitaker in number four. <laughs> and it's interesting why I don't have Lou Whitaker at number higher, or do I have picked um, – I don't even have Alan Trimble on my list. No. And I think it's because Luke Munberg liked Alan Trammell so much and would tell me about every day that I just am just kind of like over Alan Trammell. Not that he's not great. I mean, he is. I just, like, when you have someone that's just so diehard about it, (laughs) it just, like, that after a while. It wears on you. Yeah, it just wears on me. So, yeah. All right. Hank Greenberg, if you gotta go, nice. you, you gotta yeah. if you gotta gotta go into all time, you gotta yeah. you gotta put him on there. I mean, there's no no question about it. Um, Hammer in Hebrew, yeah, you gotta gotta have him. Um, I guess another one I'll throw on with Ordonias from my time. Uh, Pudge was a good one because I, I I do feel like he was you know he was you know a big part of kind of getting them back to where they needed to be. Um, I'd have to I'd have to put Verlander on there. I'd have to put Verlander and like I said, no in no particular order. Uh, you know, Verlander in my lifetime, you know, I wouldn't put him on my all time one. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would definitely make, you know, since I, since I've seen, just because I think, I think if he would have delivered a world series to Detroit, he would probably been good enough to make, make the all time one been close a couple times, but I just think so hard. the one that he won with Houston, I think almost takes away from, you know, a little bit what he did with Detroit. Cause it's, you know, to some people it might be you know a little forgotten what he did, but. Because he he's been so good with Houston, that's the thing. He's been I mean he's been dominant with Houston. Trey gave up on him too quick. I think so too. Well, it comes down to that point. Like, where do you want to pay someone? Right. I mean, you see it all the time in sports. I mean, the Lakers are a great example of Kobe Bryant. They were just going to say, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. We're, he's going to end as a Laker, and we're going to pay yeah. him, and we'll just deal with the. Well, after. that's what they did with Cabrera. And that's what they yeah. Yeah, and then that's what they did with Cabrera. You're right. So. They made their bed, now they have to sleep. Well, and you can rationalize it. Cabrera plays every day. Mm-hmm. Verlander plays every four or five games. So, I mean. I always wonder that about pitchers. Do you pay that much for a, a guy that's coming out every five days? Yeah. So, I if can I, understand if, the logic. If I'm, pay, if I'm paying a guy, it's going to be somebody that's out there at least, you know, 140, 150 games out of the season. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three is Justin Verlander. JV is in my list, but I will wait because he is amazing. Number three for me, Daryl Evans. So there's a story behind Daryl Evans, the not a script, sometimes DH at first baseman for the Tigers on the 84s team. Um, my mom took me to spring training to see the Tigers, and Daryl Evans was the nicest Tiger out of everyone. Nice. Signed everything we ever wanted to sign, brought me and my sister out on the field for a minute. Through, I gotta play catch with them. And you gotta remember when you're a kid and something that happens, it's just life changing for you. Like you're just like, oh. so yeah. My mom moved me and my sister to Florida for one year. Um, and we were devastated by it because we loved being in Michigan and, and so everything we knew with our friends. And we got down down there, and my mom's like, "Well, let's go see the Tigers are down here for spring training." And I was like, "Oh wow!" Show me that, and I'll never forget that moment. And I'll never forget what Darren Albans did. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. It has nothing to do with baseball whatsoever. <laughs> oh, there's nothing. Yeah. I was going to make a joke. But All right, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, let's slide. Yeah. Uh, another one on the all time. I mean, none of us got to see him play, but you got you to gotta throw Ty Cobb on there, too. I mean, if you're if you're going all-time Tigers and yeah. we do any research at all, I mean, nobody – granted, we, we didn't get to use the eye test, but, you know, we – 
use our eye test to read, I guess, up on stats and everything. And, you know, I would say he's, he's definitely got to be definitely one in the, uh, on the all time list. Well, he's one of the all time greatest yeah. baseball players. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, he's going to be hundred percent. Yeah. Cool. Number two. Number two. All right. Placido Polanco. I like it. Mr. Big Head. Just <laughs> have a big head. <laughs> Small guy playing second base. I love short second basemen. I don't know. Whether it's like Joey Carrera or, you know, Polanco. <laughs> I mean, there's, I don't know, some of the bottom where they can, I don't know. <laughs> number two, Brandon Inge. Well, see, so you already know what my number one is then. So, yeah. And uh, not the end of the line, Brandon Ninja, but the, you know, beginning when they were bad to watch him turn good and to watch him go through that whole thing was fucking Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. Fucking Guitar Hero, that's all I gotta say. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> I can't decide whether it's. I, I like to believe Guitar Hero really is the reason the Tigers didn't win, and that Zamaya <laughs> really was up. So four o'clock in the morning, playing a guitar hero, and that's why, his, <laughs> and that's why his, I, I love that urban legend. I don't doubt that's really what happened, but I'd much rather go with that, and I can rationalize it in my head versus just them just sucking. So I mean, but yeah. Another all-time tiger. Uh, this one's for my dad, Kirk Gibson. Nice. Yeah. For what he did in uh, the '84 World Series. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, my dad's favorite uh, favorite athlete. Favorite athlete, so Kirk Gibson, definitely all time. Awesome. Why not roll in a sweet little little here? I mean, I can't be mad. So he's on my top. Needs to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's close, right? I don't know. Did they say he's now he's finally up for that exemption? You never know how close the MLB Hall of Fame is. Such a such a shit show. Yeah, it's the the voting process is. It's ugly. So almost as bad as the Alpena Sports Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes. That one's not much better. No school tomorrow. No. Already. Still sickness. Yes. And then number one, which we already know, it's JV. So um surprised that Brandon Ninja lost his spot. Well, I mean, there's a lot to it. So there's the Kate Upton marriage, which I think is amazing. I absolutely love that he was able to pull that thing and the whole thing together. Um, I like that he has has had some success after the Tigers because I felt like you that we gave up on him too soon. So it's kind of like, eh, I told you. I kind of told you we shouldn't have done that. And um, it would have been the backside. So like, Inch stuck around too long, right? So and that's part of the, the downside to that whole thing is – that still bears in my mind. So, yeah. By the little Brendan Inch. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, I mean. I mean, best right-handed hitter of all time. I mean, it, taking away what he's done the last two years, everything before that, I mean, tr- uh, first Triple Crown winner since Yastrzemski. And I, I don't think you're going to see, I mean, unless Mike Trout continues to do what he's done, I don't think you're going to see a better a better right-handed hitter. You know, we may not see a better right-handed hitter in our lives, especially with the stri- the strikeout rates up. Because when Cabrera, you know, when Cabrera was in his triple crown form, he wasn't he wasn't striking out 200, 250 times a season. Yeah. You know, he was 
And the thing is, he could hit all fields. He wasn't. They weren't putting any shift on him. I mean, he could he could hit him down both lines, hit him up the middle. I mean, he, well, that was my my favorite thing about that version of Miguel Cabrera is he took whatever the pitcher was yep. going to give him, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like he does that anymore. And to do it, and to do the to win a triple crown too. A, a lot of people don't even think about this, but to win a triple crown in Comerica Park. Yeah, to lead. I mean, to lead the league in home runs in that ballpark, considering. The other small ballparks in the American League. Yeah. I mean, you got Baltimore, you got Fenway, you got Yankee Stadium, uh, Texas. You know, there's so many, so many ballparks around the American League. You know, for him to do it, where you know, it's three, what, three forty-five down one line, three twenty down another, and then four twenty to center. Yeah. You know, to do that, that's you know, that's impressive. And I don't, like I said, I don't think we're going to see a better right-handed hitter in our lifetime than him. And it's unfortunate how the money changed the bias on Cabrera. Of course, the losing record doesn't help either. There, but I know Gary and I go back and forth on that because he said it's uh, you know one of the worst contracts in the history of sports. Which I don't. I mean, when somebody when somebody does that for you, and he was you know he was just as big of a part as anybody in you know keeping that maintaining that success. Uh-huh. And you know he's been banged up the last couple of years, but you know to do what he did for you know such a long period of time and to be that good, I mean. And for a guy that's going out there, 140, 100, there were, there were times he would play, you know, 155 games in a season. Well, the, the Tigers made one mistake with Miguel Cabrera is they didn't have DH him soon enough. Soon enough, right. And I don't think that was Miguel's fault. I shouldn't say. It wasn't the, the contract of Cabrera. It was the contract of Vimar because you had nowhere else to play Vimar. That was one of the uh, – I didn't I didn't agree with that contract. So you had to put Vimar to mm-hmm. DH, which forced you to play Cabrera one of two spots. Mm-hmm. And then that's what happened. So, but he and I mean they made him. They made the switch to they put him at third base too. I mean, and nobody thought he was going to be much of a fielder either. But he ended up doing a doing a decent job. And but I wish they would have. It would have been interesting to see what you know if he could have stayed healthy. If they would have made the switch to have and how much more dangerous of a hitter he could have been. If he would have you know came to the ballpark with one job, bringing his bat and that's it. You know. Oh, how many times was he hurt? Yeah. You'd see him, just his swing didn't look right. Mm-hmm. He was just swinging, especially when he had all those oblique and abdominal yeah. problems. You know that. Mm-hmm. He'd just slap at it and just put it in yeah, Well, and that's an injury that, you know, for as good as he was, you know, for what he was known for his hitting, you know, you can't, you can't come back from that. You know, it takes a long time to recover from one of those. Mm-hmm. All right. Any surprises in the top five other than me not having Brandon in just for number one? No. He didn't make number two, though. <laughs> I knew he was going to be in your top five. 100%. Thought he'd be number one. Well, let's round this up then. All right. All right. That was the episode. I guess we're going to go. What are you doing this weekend, Jenny? I got uh, games to cover. Got games to cover this week. We got um, busy time of the year. We got hockey, hockey uh, playoffs. Uh, coming up here in two weeks, and then basketball shortly after. It's crazy to think that we're almost in the middle of February. Well, yeah. ba- basically in the middle of February with 28 days, yeah. so we're you know we're right there. Leap years, 29. Oh, there you go. 29. Steven, what do you got this weekend? Yes. So I'm going to speak it into existence. As you know, it's a big weekend for me. It's one of my most favorite weekends. Slammed on three-point contest. And normally, out for some reason, I don't know why, it's because you were there at the beginning, but 
Allison and I, this always was kind of like a cool thing for Allison and I. So we make it a point to watch the slam dunk competition every weekend. So I don't have anything planned Saturday night. In a perfect world, we'll go out of town and watch this. And we'll go to Buffalo Wild Wings and Saginaw or somewhere, watch it there. And then, you know, but we might not. And we might just sit at home with some dominoes and watch it there too. But um, I don't know. It'll be an interesting slam dunk competition. Did they come up with the contestants yet? Three of them? I thought there was four. Aaron, I know Aaron Gordon's one. Aaron Gordon. Um, my boy's in it. Is it James Jones? What is his name, right? Miami? Derrick Jones. Derrick Jones. Derrick Jones Jr., yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, right? Yes. I can find it. Derrick Jones, and then I heard Zach with E, maybe? Oh, really? He's doing a three-point contest. Okay. So I didn't hear any of the names even for the three-point contest yet. But I was just like, oh, oh it's Pat Connaughton. That's it. Yep. White guy. Yes. Yep. He's got to be the long shot. Money on him. I really wish they would have, like, a big dopey center stand underneath <laughs> the hoop and try to block these guys as they come through because Derek Jordan would definitely win the night because he likes to just shit on people. Mm-hmm. I just love watching it. He just is like, He's the only reason I watched the Miami Heat. Just to see if I can see him just just absolutely just So your prediction he wins it? Yes, hundred percent. He he dunk he's a true dunker. Like I don't think I don't think I don't think Dwight's got enough left in him. Well, he's gonna do a whole bunch of Kobe shit, so that might get Well that's the thing. Is it gonna be is it gonna be, you know, best dunk or is it gonna be the whole, you know, showmanship or you know what all that other extracurricular that they do, which Sometimes it's not about the best dunk. It's just about you know what else you can, what other what other jersey you put on or anything like that. Because it's hard to be creative in the dunk contest now because everything has been done. One of the best ones in recent memory was the one that Gordon and Levine were in. Yeah, that that, that was back and forth. They need to bring back the wheel. The wheel was good. I would be okay. I really wish they would do something along the lines of. A really big money with foundation, mm-hmm. and let LeBron and somebody said Vince should still go try it just to see what he's got. I think he's gonna. I, I think if he's gonna be there, he's gonna do. There's gonna. Yeah, I could see thing. him go back. You know, throwing throwing back that Raptors old school jersey. Man, just one three sixty. What else going on? And then uh, Levine. It's great. I mean, he could just. He's still gonna just fly. But just put together some people that really can just absolutely, you know, really just do it and then like go from there. But do they have the they have the three point contestants or not yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's Davis Bertans, Devontae Graham, Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, and the winner, Duncan Robinson. Isn't um uh, Joe Harris is a reigning champion. I think did he win it last year? I think so. I think, I think so. so too. Yeah, Duncan Robinson is very exciting. Now we have two Miami Heat guys in this. <laughs> we might have to do Miami Heat jerseys. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Johnny's the guy to get out of here. All right. Thanks a lot for Thanks having me, guys. Fun. Appreciate it. We'll talk no to you soon. See you.